When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to Bucketheads episode 45 of Land Grant Holy Lands College Basketball Podcast. My name is Connor Lamans and I'm joined by my co-host Justin Golba. Here as we inch closer and closer to November 1st, which is that magical weekend when college basketball starts back up. Justin, I know you've got high school football and golf on your plate now, so how, how are you holding up up there? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, uh, I'm very busy, but busy's not bad, you know. Um, I have like four jobs, but I forgot today was Tuesday, so that's been kind of a thing. Um, but other than that, I'm good. We'd love to hear that. We got, we got a big, we got a big weekend coming up. I have a big weekend coming up. We got college football on Saturday. I've got my fantasy football draft on Sunday, which was is one of my favorite favorite days of the year. I'm sure it is for your two. And I only do I only do one league. I don't know if you're a multiple league person, but I just do one one fantasy football team. So like this is like my only draft. So that's Sunday for me, and I'm pumped for that. I'm in eleven. So you're in eleven leagues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the fun in that? Trying to win eleven games. <laughs> that's like the anti. Okay, like my <sighs> I do I do if I can keep. If I can keep the teams as similar as possible, I do do that. I was just gonna say we're like we're literally gonna, we're literally starting this this shit off like we're just gonna we're, we're steering hard left away from basketball immediately. But yeah, but I this hate, is our fantasy I, football I, advice podcast. I I hate oh my god, dude. We, we could we could there are no rules. We can do what we want. Um, I hate being in like multiple leagues where it's like I own Austin Eckler on this team, and you're like, okay, but now I'm actually playing Austin Eckler in these two leagues. So it's like I actually. I don't want Austin Eckler to do well, but I do want him to do well. And then oh, yeah. it gets, it gets I, I real know. tricky. I just hate that. Tricky. I had several people ask me to do a second league this year. I literally said, I said no to all of them because I just, I hate that. Anyway, we'll talk about next time. We'll talk about who I end up getting on my team. There's not a whole lot going on right now in college basketball, obviously. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty, pretty slow time. But um, there's a few Ohio State housekeeping things we can touch on here. It's it's odd because I feel like over the summer we've had like a, a decent amount of stuff to talk about, and now that we're actually getting close to the season, like it's dead right now. But Justice Suing was fully cleared today to play full 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 go 100% full practice full conditioning. He's he's back. I also just realized I should probably clarify something. I am in 11 fantasy football leagues, but three of them are college football. So eight of them are NFL. So that makes it a little bit easier. Anyway, uh, yeah, Justice Suing's back. Um, I think this is one of those things where it's like there's two types of Ohio State fans at this point, and there's the ones that – like I wrote an article. I think Justice Suing, if he's healthy, is going to be a first-team All-Big Ten kind of player, caliber player. And then there's like the ones that don't even think he should be on the team. He's just taking up a roster spot. Um, this is hopefully going to start te- like steering those people in the different direction of he's going to provide something this year. I don't know. I don't know that he's going to be 30, 35 minutes a game. If he's fully healthy, he probably could be, 
I mean, he is the most important player on this team. He's the best player on this team. And he's the one that we've seen the most of. Or he's the one that we've seen, I think, well, yeah, the most of. Because he played two years at Cal, a year at Ohio State. He's really the only guy who's coming into his true fourth year of basketball, depending on kind of what you consider Seth Towns and how his his 2020 went. Because he was I mean, he was there, but he wasn't there. He played, but he didn't play. So, I mean, he's, he's, the, he's the guy they kind of need to step up and be – there's no star on this team. There's a lot of really good potential guys. There's a lot of really good transfers. Tanner Holden is kind of the question mark of what he's actually going to be when he transfers over. But um, Justice Suing is the guy that, like, if he's fully healthy and he's a full go, it's good that he's fully healthy in August. You know, if we would have got this news on, like, October 20th, it might be a little different. But he's got full time to get ready. He's the guy that can step up and be, I don't think it's, I don't think it's crazy to say, average 16 to 18 points a game seven to eight rebounds a game and four to five assists a game for this team. That's best case scenario, obviously, but that's what they might need him to be. It's nice to finally have an answer because last season it that's was it. like <laughs> that too. Was like, I'm sick of hearing, I, get, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I was getting like every single basically every single game from like the end of December through the end of the season was like, uh no, Justice is questionable for the next game. So I'd like write up my recap and I'd be like, Justice Suing missed his eighth straight game and then I got into end of the February end of February, like he was still questionable. It was like Justice Suing missed his 24th straight game. He is questionable for the next game. And then in the summer, it's like, is he ready yet? Uh, no, not yet. We'll give you an update in a few weeks. And then like a few weeks ago, he said, yeah, we expect Seth and, and Justice, and he being Chris Holman. We expect Seth and Justice to both be fully cleared um, in September. And here we go, August 30th. Um, Justice Suing, actually before September even starts, is ready to go. Officially cleared, no limitations. Um, he's a guy that when, if Ohio state plays well, if they have a very good win, like you usually look back at the box score and you're like, Oh man, justice suing was really like all around an impactful player. Like he might have like a line, like you said, of like 14 points, nine rebounds, six assists, two steals. You're like, Oh man, he was really all over the place during this game contributing. That's the kind of, that's the kind of contributor he is. Like he could be their best player without being their leading scorer or their leading rebounder or their leading assist man, but he could end up being their best player without doing any of those things. Yeah, and I think when you look at Suing and, and kind of what he brings to the table, it's not only just as obviously what he what he does on the court, but it's he's a he's a senior presence. He was on the team two years ago and last year. I mean, he didn't play, but he was on the team. So he's someone that can kind of help mesh together these five freshmen that are coming in, three transfers. Like this is a this is a brand new team. Uh so it's gonna be nice to have somebody just like that on the court who can kind of be that Floor general, that leader, and that guy that you know, Chris Holtman kind of looked towards. Probably with, he's probably one of the guys outside of like Seth Towns and maybe Zed Key who he trusts the most. I would assume on the team. And it'll be really cool that he gets to play um, at the Maui Invitational. He's from Honolulu, so he grew up. He grew up in Hawaii. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he grew up in Hawaii or on Hawaii. I don't know. Is it like an in Long Island on Long Island kind of thing? He yeah, grew up in Hawaii no and then went to college at Cal, started at Cal and went to OSU. So um, it'll be really cool that he'll get to be healthy and be able to play in the Maui Invitational. And um, hopefully he gets to have like family and friends come and see him um, play on the islands, you know, where he grew up. I think the the tournament itself is on Maui and Honolulu is not on the same island, right? I don't know any of my Hawaiian islands, but I don't think that the the I don't think that the tournament 
and where he grew up are the same island. But I mean, it's Hawaii, so like, it's pretty easy to get island t- to island, right? I don't know. I've I could not ponder a guess on that one. I cannot say I've been to Hawaii. Hawaii is uh, not my a Hawaii so, vacation is not and probably no. never will be in my tax bracket. No, I'm, I'm more of a I'm more of a um, I just don't take vacations. So I don't I don't know. It's, I was gonna I was gonna say someplace, but I don't I don't go anywhere. So, but it, it'll be dope. It'll be dope if like uh, let's say Ohio State beats San Diego State first round of the the Maui Invitational. It's like all right, Justice Suing pops off for like twenty eight, twelve and seven in Hawaii where he's from. That'd be very cool and would make a very very easy headline. Yeah, and also it's nice that he'll be ready week one because they're gonna need him week one because this schedule is is no joke. Um, we'll obviously get into some of the intricacies of the schedule and. And who they play, but I think people are really, really overlooking the San Diego State. Like San Diego State's a legitimate top fifteen team in the country, so they're probably going to really need him in that game. And that's probably what's that—the fourth game of the season. They go three easy games, and then it's that, or is the Duke, and then the Maui Invitational. I don't remember, but I think I it's the Maui Invitational, then Duke, because the Duke games after the Thanksgiving break, and that's obviously the Maui Invitational is like, um, uh, what's it, uh, Feast Week what they call it Thanksgiving yeah. week of games. So, so I think it's their fourth game of the season. So they're, they'll need him for that, especially a team that is like the best defensive team in the country. They're going to need somebody that can kind of do a lot of things on offense. And that's just assuming. So be good to get him kind of what two months of practice, I guess, under his belt. And then we'll get going. I can tell you exactly which game that is. I was going to just say, I don't know, but like we literally have the internet. Why would we just say, I don't know and move on? Yeah. It's a 20 second Google search. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they got Robert Morris, Charleston Southern, Eastern Illinois, and then Maui. Um, Let's go, Nailed and it. then straight into Duke after Maui. Yeah, that's no, that's that's probably four. Uh, ideally, that's four games against four top twenty teams. So, yeah, that's if you win be, in Maui, you're going to play better teams. Obviously, it's going to be brutal. Yes, we got um, potential players. We have vis official visits this weekend, unofficial visits this weekend. We got a guy committing on Friday that I don't think is going to be a Buckeye, but it's not out of the question. So we got um, Ronnie James, it sounds like. Credit this to Adam Jardy of the Columbus Dispatch. This was not our scoop. Um, This was Adam Jardy's scoop. It sounds like, according to Jardy, Ronnie James will probably be taking an unofficial visit with Ohio State this weekend for the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. Um, Obviously, like he'd be checking out the basketball facilities and going on a full basketball visit as well, but being there for that football game and then uh, four-star guard Tyson Chapman, I'm assuming he pronounces it Tyson. It's T-A-I-S-O-N. I'm guessing it's just a variation of Tyson. Uh, 6'4 combo guard from Minneapolis. He also is going to be on an official visit on Saturday. And then Dalen Swain, four-star small forward from Columbus Afrocentric. He is committing somewhere on Friday. So the day before that game, which means he will not be there for that game. Yeah. I think it's, I don't want to say it's a foregone conclusion, but I would, if I was a bet man and always bet responsibly kids, I would put money on Dalen Swain going to Xavier guys, uh, just kind of all lines up. I kind of agree with the people that you say actually, like, you actually cannot bet in Ohio yet kids. That's fair. So yeah, I was going to say this across the border and do it, but I don't think you're supposed to do that. So don't just, Ignore what I've said in the past 25 seconds, except Dalen Swain is probably going to Xavier. Um, it just – it kind of – Xavier has been kind of their main – the main team recruiting him outside of Ohio State. It seems like he's been leading that way. 
like I, I kind of agree with the people that say like maybe any other year he would be a Buckeye. But then you look at like the 2022 class, would he be a Buckeye in that class? Probably not. So I, I don't know. It's 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 kind of weird with with him. He's a great player. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think he's going to be a great player in Xavier. I think if I think he's going to be a a force for sure. And I think that, um, you know, everything Xavier's doing is putting that program to a new level. I mean, even hiring, they have Sean Miller, right? Yeah, big Not big Archie. bad guy, big bad I keep guy. Getting those two confused. Um, so yeah, so you know, it, it just all kind of aligns. I think he's definitely going to Xavier. What is the other team? I think is the kind of the wild card is Clemson. Because I know they kind of enter the race a little bit late, but they were really heavy on him. Uh, Brad Burnell's a good coach. Clemson tends to produce some pretty good players, so it's just tough to be like Clemson in the ACC. You know, your your ceiling is kind of set. There's only it, I I kind of compare it to like Maryland basketball or Maryland football. You're like as good as Maryland might be this year, they still got to play Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State. You know, it kind of sucks. That's kind of how I look at Clemson basketball. So. Um, Clemson's been like consistently like I think I don't think they were good last year, but for the most part over the past like five six years since Brad Brennell's been there, they've been pretty consistently like a tournament team. Um, yeah, I mean like like a decent. I'm just saying they're not going to go out. They're not going to go out and win the ACC. You know, like no, that's no, just no, never no, going to no. happen. They're like an eternal bubble team. Like every time you look throughout the season, it's like okay, Clemson's now six and nine in ACC play, but they're still in the bubble. Uh, okay, yeah. Clemson is four and seven in ACC play, but they are still like safely in our last four in. So no, they're, they're fine. Well, they're that's, fine that, that's like, the, that's the benefit to being in, in that kind of conference. Cause you do, you are afforded the kind of the benefit, the doubt of if you lose some games, Oh, well, it's against Duke, North Carolina, whatever. But yeah, it's they're not going to go out and win. Like Xavier on a good year can win the big, the big East, you know, they're not going to, uh, what's this? Clemson's not going to win the ACC. It was kind of like the Xavier Booker thing. Um, yeah. I think anybody listening to this understands, but it was like the Xavier Booker thing when, he was scheduled to visit Ohio State for the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. And then he's like, I'm going to announce this week. Well, you kind of make the assumption that if a recruit who was planning on making a visit to Ohio State suddenly is like, I'm going to commit before that visit, it's not because they've decided I don't need that visit. I'm in on Ohio State. Like, I'm good. I don't need it. It's because they've decided they aren't going to go to that school. So they're going to just go ahead and commit before that visit anyways. So... That's obvious to you, Justin, but if somebody's listening and doesn't understand, that's kind of what we're hinting at is that if he's deciding to make his commitment before that visit to Ohio State, that's pretty much a hint that he's not going to Ohio State. Um, he doesn't need the visit to know that he's not going to Ohio State. We could be wrong. He could shock us, but that's probably what that means. Yeah, and, and I was going to bring this up, but I know you saw the tweet I quote tweeted about Bronny James visiting in September. They don't need that. That needs to happen in January and to be a sideshow. That might have been the funniest basketball tweet I've ever seen. I, there's a lot of Ohio State football fans that kind of chime in sometimes about basketball when it makes no sense. That was the funny one. The like fo- basketball recruits don't visit football games or that Ohio State football games aren't ready at absolute fucking sideshow is the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was awesome. I, think, I, think <laughs> I was I like, chimed- what? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I chimed in on that. It's like for as, for as, as big a deal as it'll be if – if LeBron James and his son are at that game, um, Bronny James visiting during that game doesn't hold a candle to how humongous Ohio State hosting Notre Dame as a top five matchup in Columbus is. Like Bronny James visiting in that game, like 
I promise you like 90% of the people there would have had no idea no that he clue. was visiting until they like announced LeBron on the big screen. Like I promise you it's not nearly as important as the football game itself and it will not distract from the I football know. game. It, there's 100,000 people in the stadium. There's 100,000 people outside the stadium and you're, you think a high schooler visiting is going to be a sideshow? Come on, bro. That's, that's, that's a <laughs> no. Like win or anyway. lose. Win or lose, like the campus area and the surrounding area is gonna like probably burn to the ground. Like people will, this this is so bad. Like people will end up like people are going to be hospitalized, losing their minds. Like the city is going to go absolutely before the game. Yeah. Oh yeah. They have all they they have all day to ruin themselves, and then after the game. So to think that that Bronnie James being at the game is literally just gonna take away from the hype. It, well, it, like he needs to visit it. He can visit a basketball game in January. Well, he'll be committed by January. That's how this works. So yeah. I, it's just I, I, people are oh people. It sounds but, like it'll probably it'll probably be an unofficial because again credit to Adam Jardy. Let's I don't want to act like we had the scoop. Um, but this is a really good point. I guess it would be potentially an NCAA violation if they pointed out like Bronny and LeBron. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's really interesting. If it was an official visit, but if it's an unofficial visit, then I guess it's okay if they like do like a, hey, everybody look at LeBron and Bronny here at the game. So it sounds like it'll be an unofficial for Bronny, but an official visit for Tyson Chapman. Which is kind of funny because like in my small brain, that would be flipped. Like I think you can make a bigger deal out of it if it was an official visit, you know, but I guess I kind of see where they're coming from. But nevertheless, um yeah, I and when it comes to Dylan Swain, and again, this isn't a this isn't a knock on him. He's a great player. It's more of just how the high level recruiting high state's doing. If they're going to add a fifth person of the three that they might add, being Chapman, James, and James sounds weird, being Chapman, uh, Bronny, and uh, Dylan Swain, I Dylan Swain's probably third on that list for me. Um, I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but it's cool having it's always cool having Columbus kids there and stuff, but. Um, I, I think Chapman is the guy I want. Bronny's very, very good too, and, and so Swain. But um, of those three, I would probably say he's third. No, I, I would have really liked to see Dalen Swain go to Ohio State. I know very little about Tyson Chapman, so that's a difference. Also, that's a difference between our podcast and a lot of the other podcasts. I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke if I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to say I, I don't know very much about him. So I didn't I know a lot that, about him when his name popped up. I've done a lot of research since, and I do like his game a lot. Dan but it's Swain weird how just, how kind of quiet it's been around him because he is a, he is a top forty he's a guy. Top, yeah, I it just I, I really want to see Dalen Swain end up at Ohio State more for I don't know we, we love the plot here more for the plot more than anything like George Washington and Devin Royal are both his AAU teammates. He said that George Washington's like one of his good good friends. It's pretty obvious that like Dalen Swain, I don't know if he like if he if Ohio State is where he really really wanted to be. Or if he was just like a little bit soft towards Ohio State, but he had said already that he grew up an Ohio State fan. That was like his favorite team growing up, living in Columbus. And like he said to uh, 11 Warriors, he said in the summer, like, no, like getting an offer from Ohio State, it's not just like, oh, I have another offer. It's like, that's Ohio State. Like, that's a big deal. And then when Devin Royal was doing his commitment, we talked about this. He's like dropping little like Buckeye emojis in there. So like, I really do feel like, that was weird. Like, I really do that feel weird. like Dalen, like Dalen Swain, really wanted to be a Buckeye, and to have him grow up in Columbus, I would, I would love to see him be a part of that program. But I would honestly, I would be surprised if they took a fifth player. Period. Still, 
I would still be surprised. So that's, that, that's my thing. I feel like if if it's tough because we don't know the inside and outs of this. But if they are taking a fifth player, the ball is in Dalen Swain's court, figuratively, because he's committing before Chapman and, and Bronny. And you have to assume the coaches aren't saying, if you put Ohio State on his last list, they're not saying, like, they're, they're still recruiting him. You know, so it's, it's, it's weird. If he does want to be a Buckeye, maybe they never take a fifth guy. That would make sense, I guess. But if they do take a fifth guy, then maybe he didn't because, you know, and then granted, he could still commit to him. Ohio State on Friday. I just don't think he will. It seems everything's kind of leaning Xavier at this point. But um, now Xavier that, did take Xavier did take another four star guy who plays the same position as him and that is built is built like the same way as him and plays the same role as him like a week ago. Yeah, Xavier is recruiting really well. Um, yeah, we'll see. And I think the I, other teams are like Arkansas, Arkansas, Clemson, and I think Arizona State. Like, there is you, no you way can. Arkansas can take him. I mean, we're oh, talking about Ohio State has too many kids. For God's sakes. Arkansas, I feels like every kid that's committed over the past two months has gone to Arkansas. Dude, can you can you ever count out the must bus? How you, can you ever you definitively? He needs to get another bus. They're running out of people. <laughs> can you ever definitively count out the must bus? I don't think so. He is a psychopath. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like I, I like I love him. I love him, but he's a psychopath. They're, they're fun. I don't know if you can ever count out the must bus. Um, yeah, and Arizona State's an interesting one. I mean, he joined two other Buckeyes there, right? Isn't that where Luther Muhammad and Gaffney still are? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. It looks like it's down to Xavier and Clemson and maybe Ohio State, but we'll see. I it just, just, it, it's just so – this is the first time I think the real question of, at least for Ohio State, the question of transfers or recruits kind of comes into play because I think if they take a fifth guy, they definitely can't probably bring in any transfers and it seems like Holtman likes to play both of those and he has said he likes to play both of those so I don't know we'll see yeah I'll be surprised if they added a fifth guy I've had people ask me like um I've had people ask me like what are the odds that they end up getting Chapman what are the odds they end up getting Swain what are the odds they end up getting Bronny I still think the most likely outcome is they get none of them and they stick with four players yeah I would agree I would agree with that but I mean individually each of those outcomes is is possible I but the most likely I, I feel like is they probably stick with these four. Is Minnesota on Chapman's that. final five? Uh, no. Oh, yes, they are. Yes, they are. Ohio he's, State. A, he's a Minnesota kid. So Ohio State, Minnesota, Virginia, Xavier. There's Xavier again, and Kansas. That's a tough top to, five. That's a tough to top find, five to go against. We need to find out if uh, Jamie Shaw has put out one of those helpful little articles that has yeah. like percentages. For Swain? Yeah, no, for um, oh, Chapman. Okay. For Swain, he did, and it was like 90% Xavier. That's what I'm getting oh, most really? information from. Yeah. Oh, but man. also, even before you put that out, I've seen a lot of Xavier for Swain, but he did put one out for Swain. Um, Jamie Shaw, check him out on three. Very, He's been very good so far with those little Intel articles. He got Royal and Middleton right, and he got Booker right. Now, those also weren't terribly difficult. I mean, everybody kind of knew where Booker was going, but still. Yeah, I'm trying to see on Twitter if there's anything, but I'm not seeing anything about. It's crazy how Chapman. quiet the recruitment's been around Chapman. Honestly, it's so weird because he's a he, like I said, he's he like arguably if he if they were to get him, he'd be their biggest recruit in this class. Arguably, depending on Scotty Middleton, really varies if, depending on who you look at. ESPN has him in the top fifteen, but um, or like seventeenth, right, eighteenth, something like that, top twenty. But then like two four seven has him in the forties or fifties, so I don't know. It's weird. Or somebody has been in the 40s or 50s. 
Yeah, that's probably a good. That's also probably a good um, segue into what we're gonna talk about next. Since the last time we talked, twenty four seven and ESPN both updated their rankings um, for the twenty twenty three class, and basically, uh, Devin Royal jumped up. About I believe when so what I go off of is always the twenty four seven composite, which which includes twenty four seven ESPN on three and Rivals, um, and basically both of those services updating jumped Devin Royal up about ten spots. He's sixty now. It dropped George Washington I think from sixty one to seventy five. Austin Park stayed at one oh nine. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that Scotty Middleton dropped from like. 31 to like 39 right which about is there. weird because somebody has him really low then because espn has him at 18 so and i think 24 7 has him at like 44 i have the internet why do i why do i assume these things when i could just pull right, it two up? Four, 247 has him at 47 47 yeah so okay. they're probably the ones that are pulling that down to be honest he's nationally 39th yeah so they're still at number four overall as a as a class they slide it they they fall back behind michigan state michigan state jumps up to two because espn went from espn went from having xavier booker outside of their 100 to like number three to i third. think <laughs> yeah <laughs> to third so they like realize they like realize Xavier Booker exists. Yeah, I think somebody called them out for that too. Um, well, in their defense, Cardi- they don't put they don't put out rankings as much as other schools do, or as much as other re- recruiting sites do. So theirs tend to be very different when they, when a guy does shoot all the way up like through a summer because I mean Booker had a great summer and that's what jumped him up. So they just hadn't put one they hadn't put any out recently. So that was kind of why. In their defense, yeah, so. Not to defend ESPN. Basically, basically everybody in Ohio State's class, well, two of the four dropped. Austin Park stayed the same, and Devin Royal uh, jumped up. I'll tell oh, you what. Last, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say it's a hell of a awesome feeling to say Ohio State basketball recruiting dropped from third to fourth. <laughs> They're doing really well. Yeah, they've got a lot coming up the pipe, and that's part of the reason that it seems unlikely that they'd take a fifth guy when you got five freshmen this year and you got four freshmen coming next year. Well, who knows? I mean, the, the whole like one year tra- like the one time transfer rule and the transfer portal, those haven't been around for very long. So like, we're going off this precedent that like Chris Holtman, he's not going to over recruit the, he's not going to over recruit the class and assume that somebody will leave like football does. But the precedent of him not doing that was kind of set before the whole transfer portal thing. So yeah, I mean, if you told me this time last year Miji Johnson was going to transfer, I would have called you crazy. So things definitely evolve over time. Yeah, Loki didn't see a future for. I think we've we've talked about Michi, but I don't think there was really a future for Michi at OSU. Unfortunately, I agree with that now, but this time last year, I thought he was for sure set. But yeah, we talked about that before. Last thing about Ohio State that we should mention because we do have a little inside info, which makes it even funnier, is Chris Holman's tweet. About a week ago, there's like uh, trying to find it so I can read it word for word. The it was meme, about the the media deal. The meme with the the meme with the girl screaming in the guy's ear and the guy just looking like totally not impressed at all. He tweeted that meme with all caps. 
So just assume it's being yelled because that's how I read it. So even though the Big Ten has a new media deal, the OSU basketball team will still be on ESPN during pre-conference tournaments and select non-conference games. And it's all caps and just with a period um, with that meme. And it literally blew up. And what's funny is I texted Joe Gemma, friend of the pod, Joe Gemma, and was like, did you do this or did Holtman himself do this? And he sent a screenshot to me that was literally Holtman typing up that tweet in his notes app and sent it to Joe and said, Joe, is this funny? Should I tweet this? And Joe just said, "Yes, you should." <laughs> I mean, look, you gotta love a you gotta love a coach that can recruit. It can also use social media. So he definitely is doing that. <laughs> it's just we we've had Joe on a couple times, and I mean, he told us a little bit while we were recording, and a little bit behind the scenes that, like, yeah, sometimes sometimes Holtman will like think of something that he thinks is funny and like send it to Joe and be like, "Joe, is this would this be a good tweet?" And he'll either be like. Yes, coach. That's a really good tweet. You should send that. Or like, no, you probably shouldn't send that. That's so funny. You gotta love it. Honestly, you gotta love it. And, and you know, it, I'll just say this real quick. It is like we laugh about it. It it does matter. Like people like recruits see that they think it's funny. You know, the team thinks it's funny. It's a it's a good. You know, it builds that kind of culture. You know, I like it. Um. So that's all the house. We were able to keep the house cleaning to about twenty. 22 minutes, but there's, there's other stuff going on. We can talk about Dickie V is cancer free for the first time in like a year and a half, which is shout awesome. Out to Dickie v. Yeah, shout, shout out to Dickie, Dickie v. v. And hopefully he'll be back on broadcast this season. So he's cancer free. And, um, man, like there were so many games last season that I wish Dickie V could have done. Yeah. I do want to, I, um, well, I'll save this for later, but there is something I want to put in at the end. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Dickie V is just like, I, I can't even spell out what he means to like college basketball and just like the voice that he is and hearing his voice and what it, it's, it's just, it's, uh, it's iconic feels offensive. Like it, it doesn't feel like it does the juice for it. It's just, for me, it's like, um, Dickie V for college hoops for me is like Joe Buck for, for baseball, which I know that Joe, Joe Buck is a very, um, polarizing figure for some reason. But for me, it's like when I watch playoff baseball, I I want Joe Buck calling the game because that's what I grew up with. That's what I'm used to. When we I sit down to watch like the first game of the World Series and Joe Buck says, and we're underway in the first game of the Fall Classic. And I'm just like sitting on the couch and I'm like, oh, it's like a warm blanket. When I watch, when I watch um, Illinois play Indiana on a Saturday afternoon um, and they're both ranked inside the top 20, like – I want I want Dickie V calling that game. I want Dickie V losing his mind while I watch those teams play at Assembly Hall. Like same thing. It's like like a warm blanket. And I'm like, okay, this everything is right with the world. Yeah, a hundred percent. There's like there's no it's like, it's comfort food. That's, that's the only way to really word it. And they were like, there were I think he did he did two games last year, two or yeah, three games. I think he did two. I feel like was Baylor Gonzaga one of them? Was that the one where he came back? It feels like it. it was definitely Gonzaga. And he's just like crying and stuff. And like everybody in the crowd is like standing up and clapping for him. And it's like this guy's like 80 some years old. And like all he wants to do, all he wants to do is like be around basketball still. So, well, and also like if you hear like people, obviously I've never had the, the experience of meeting him, but if you hear people talk about pe- like people that have met him or know him, he's genuinely one of the nicest guys out there. So it's just, it's also good to know. There is another really nice guy that will be calling a lot more Ohio State games because of the new media deal. It's going to have its ups and downs. 
we're going to get some more Gus Johnson with Ohio State uh, basketball because of the yeah. new media deal. That's going to be focusing pretty much on Fox and CBS with a little bit of Peacock on the side. But that, that that's going to be a big deal because it felt like in, in the past, the biggest games were the ones that are broadcast on ESPN. And once you get into Big Ten play, Ohio State's not going to be on ESPN at all anymore. Yeah, I've had the fortune of meeting Gus Johnson. He is the nicest guy in the world. So it's really cool to see that I mean, I, again, like, if you don't like Gus Johnson, you just don't like happiness. Like, I don't know how to word it. It's, it's just, I don't know, it's just awesome. <laughs> like, I there's no other really way to put it. He's just great. Gus Johnson, I think he was, I forget which game. It might have been the senior day game against Michigan. Um, he called one Ohio State game in Columbus, and I didn't walk up to him, but Gus Johnson was walking to the media table where he was going to be calling the game and like fans are like stopping him. And he literally took like 45 minutes to get from the bathroom back to his table because like every single fan wanted to talk to him and he stopped and talked to every single fan. Like, yeah, so like cool. they were all buddies. Like he stopped and shake their hand. You can tell like they're having a conversation about God knows what, but it would take him like half an hour to get from the bathroom to his table because everybody wants to talk to, to Gus Johnson and Gus Johnson didn't tell anybody no. He didn't shake anybody off. And you could just tell he's one of the best out there in the business because you're right, he did call the Ohio State Michigan game. He's from Detroit. And you can't tell that when he's covering games. So I love that. Yeah, he's he's the man. I think the peacock part's gonna be a kind of a pain in the ass. It's yeah, there's gonna be some hurdles there. I've I don't know. Any more info, but for now it's not good. Like I'm not a peacock subscriber. I do not have peacock. I don't know how much peacock costs. Sport not it's it'd be for people that won't watch basketball it'd be four ninety nine a month. So that's not horrible, but it's more I mean it's money. Yeah, I mean I'll I'll pay it, but that's like uh they're trying to reach as many people as possible by putting a bunch of games on Fox and CBS, but also they're gonna lose some they're gonna lose some views for the Peacock games because there are going to be people that either cannot afford Peacock every month or are gonna be stubborn and be like I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not paying for this extra thing to watch Ohio State, which I will. I'll pay it, but like I won't be happy about it. But I'll pay it. Yeah, we need some more details to come out about it. It seems like it won't be. At first, I thought it was gonna be really bad for college basketball. It's starting to look like it might not be as bad as it originally thought. But yeah, I mean, just let's be. If if a game's going from what would have been on ESPN two and now it's gonna be on Peacock, yeah, that's a problem. Just full stop. Yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly what. Um, gene smith said um he basically just tried to say like he he kind of said what holtman said just in a more like diplomatic way of just saying like we're not done with espn because i think a lot of people took the deal to say there would never be another college basketball game or big 10 college basketball game on espn and that's not the case which is good it's like non-conference games and something else yeah i feel like i saw i i thought he said i thought he said at least in like the non-conference, the games that would have previously been on BTN Plus, which is like maybe like two or three of the like smaller non-conference games, those are going to probably be the non-conference games that go to Peacock. So if you were somebody that probably wasn't going to pay for BTN Plus to watch Ohio State slap Maine, probably not going to pay for Peacock to watch Ohio State slap Maine. Um, we are never getting somebody from Maine on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, we just constantly destroy Maine on this show. Um, 
But I, th- I think that's what's happening. Like in the non-conference, if it was like a BTN plus game, it's probably going to be a Peacock game now. But there will be, I think uh, Peacock said they're going to have like 34 conference games, which would be, I don't know, like five, five, maybe like, I can't do math. Like how many, <laughs> five or six games in the Big Ten schedule would go to, to Peacock per team then? Something like that? Yeah, there'd be something like that. Because it'll be like 34 divided by, I guess, seven, because every game has two teams. So it'd be like five, five, five. I'm sorry. It would be like five games of your Big Ten schedule. 4.9, 4.9 for the mathematicians. <sighs> that was tough. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wish it wouldn't have changed, but I don't think it's going to, it's going to make a lot of games easier to watch if you have a lot of Fox and CBS, but then the Peacock ones are going to be kind of a hurdle for people. Yeah. I already have Peacock, so I don't really care, but I can see where the issue will come in for people. She said, I already got Peacock. Y'all be easy now. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all can keep breathing. I'm cool. But uh, Let me see here. Last thing that we can talk about, or we could just kind of acknowledge it before we talk about Ohio State Notre Dame this weekend, Keontae Johnson from Florida. Um, if people remember, he was um, preseason SEC Player of the Year in the 2020 season. and during their game against, I don't remember who they were playing. It was in December. Um, he collapsed with like a he collapsed on the floor and passed out. And basically, it took him a year and a half for doctors to like diagnose and figure out what was going on with his heart. Can he ever play basketball again? And it looked like he wasn't going to play basketball again. But it's been two years and he's been medically cleared. He transferred to Kansas State and he's good to go for this year, which is so cool. Yeah, yeah, I. Uh, one of my best friends is a Kansas State fan, went to Kansas State. So I kind of like oddly pay attention to Kansas State and like send him texts. Kansas State's going to be pretty good. Uh, Jerome Tang is like building a nice little team there. They pulled in another four-star transfer. They just signed a four-star shooting guard, RJ Jones. Um, and Keontae Johnson is, if he's healthy, he's a top seven player in the Big 12. So that's a really cool That's a really cool thing. It's going to be awesome to see him on the court. And, and the Wildcats gonna be, are going to be kind of decent. Yeah, and that's not just like a feel good story. Like um, he's a baller. I mean, he was the he was the SEC like preseason like player of the year. Like yeah, he's, he's a, a real real good player. He's a real good player. Yeah, no, it's and I do want to I want to mention something real fast before I forget or before we get off. Um, Duke just announced that Derek Whitehead had surgery I was, today. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, gonna say that. Okay, so that they said he's gonna play in the fall, but obviously Ohio State being their like sixth game of the season, that could factor in. So right. What does that mean? Is expected to play this fall. What What does that mean? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I guess that means practice because the season's not in the fall, really. I guess it kind of November's the fall, but um, they said he's expected back basically for the season. But I mean, if he misses any time, he'll probably miss the Ohio State game. He's the projected number one pick in twenty twenty three, like as things. So, and like, what kind of foot? I need. I need more. Well, lottery pick. Sorry, not number one. What What kind of foot? Um, what kind of foot fracture are we talking here? Because like. So Chet Holmgren just broke his foot. He's out for the whole year. Like, how long is? Yeah, I have no idea. They're making it seem like it's not a big deal, but he had surgery for a foot fracture, which okay. sounds well, like a big deal. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Just, <laughs> right, Justice Suing, Justice Suing played twenty minutes against Akron and played poorly, and they said it wasn't a big deal, and he didn't play the rest of the year. Also, it's really funny. I, I don't know the the context here. I do know Jabari Parker had one. But all the the comments under the Duke thing are like, well, I guess another freshman with a foot injury. So I guess that's like a Duke thing is like freshman foot injuries. 
Um, I don't have the knowledge of that, but if you are a Duke fan or you know anything about Duke or you want to look that up, maybe that's a fun little rabbit hole to go down. I don't know. Yeah, I would love to know. If there's any I know, I know what happened to Jabari Parker. He had a foot injury his freshman year. All, that's all I know. Though. It just said injured in team workout, had surgeries. All indications are he will play this season, perhaps by the opener on November 7th. And they play Ohio State, what, November 30th? So if November 7th is a perhaps, there's no guarantee he's definitely going to play the Ohio State game. We're confident he'll get back on the court soon. Man. That, that, that's what Ohio State said about Justice Suing in November. So, I mean, that's you can take that with a grain of salt. Man, that's a yeah, – That's that, just something to look at. That's something to look at. He's, he's going to be Duke's probably best player this year. So, or second best player. I forget. Dude, I don't think – I don't – I mean, it's hard to say because – it's hard to say because their team is like a bunch of bunch of young players, but Duke might not be as good this year as they were last year. And Ohio State beat them last year, so they lost their whole starting five, right? Or did Jeremy Roach come back? I know, obviously, Paul is gone. Mark Williams is gone. Wendell Moore is gone, and Trevor Keels is gone, right? Jeremy Roach. And he wasn't even starting for part of that season. Where's so. he at? What's what's the uh, what's the shooter's what's the sh- what's the shooter's name? Oh my! Jeremy God. Roach is still there. AJ Griffin. Okay, so they brought back Jeremy Roach, and they lost. So they lost five of their top six. So and they lost Joey. They lost Joey Baker too. Yes, big factor for Duke <laughs> is losing Joey Baker. That they, they probably were happy about that. Let's be honest. People, people, and I think Joey Baker is going to actually play for Michigan and play some role. Like I think he'll play a role, but at Duke, it, it just never worked. All right, that's all the basketball that we need to talk about today. We're gonna we're gonna finish we're gonna finish with football. Not a lot of football. Just just this weekend, Ohio State. Notre Dame in the shoe. The only part that sticks out at me because I do not write about football. I do not know the ins and outs of football well enough to write about it. I can talk about it, but I'm not going to try to break shit down. Ohio State's favored by 17 and a half. It's a lot of points. That's a lot of points for a top five team. So now, let's be honest. Is Notre Dame a top five team? No, but they are ranked fifth. So. But, I mean, you know what they do with the SEC is going to be, you know, what they always do all season is like, oh, you know, Georgia the Georgia does have six top 20 wins. And it would be like, yeah, Georgia beat Florida when they were ranked 10. And now Florida is uh, three and six. And oh, lost yeah, another one, four and four. But it's still a top five win or a top 10 win or whatever. That um, shit is incredible to me. I still don't think that Ohio State wins, like, by 17 and a half. I still think they win. But, like, if you were in a state where gambling is legalized, I would not take the over on that 17 and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm apparently super inconsistent because uh we do like a land grant holy land prediction thing. And in my head I was like, well, 17 half's a bunch of points. Then I just remembered that when we did that, I predicted them to beat Notre Dame 48 to 24, which is 24 points. So I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna be six to it's gonna be six to three, calling it. That would be crazy. It's just like a super big defensive game. Um let's see here. I believe it's been it's been at least 17 years since Ohio State has beaten a top 10 non-conference opponent in the shoe. It it is hilarious watching people they're like, "Oh, they'll beat them 51 to 10." It's like, "What the hell top no. 5 team in the country?" They might, but like that's your prediction? Really? No, they're not. No, they're not. I could see this game going any which way. Outside of it being like 6 to 3. Cuz this will definitely be an offensive heavy game, but what what man what makes me what makes me nervous about Ohio State I mean I know they have a new defensive coordinator Jim Knowles was there but um 
the personnel on defense really has not changed that much. I they just they I mean the guys that you're going to roll Ryan out Day there get, can, could could Ryan Day get to a Sweet Sixteen? I think is the question everybody's asking. <laughs> it's like the personnel is not going to be that much different. So if the defense improves, it's, it's going to be because they have a new defensive coordinator and they have a new scheme that they're rolling out. But the guys that sucked on defense last year, more or less, you're rolling out a lot of the same guys. So that I, I don't think the defense is going to be like anything crazy special but with ohio state with the talent they have on offense all they need their defense to do to be like a championship caliber team is is just be average right not even be good just just be average tyler buckner is a good quarterback but like first start first game under the lights in the shoe that's tough (laughs) yeah i mean i was thinking similar about oregon last year but the problem is I know that uh, Tyler Buckner, he's a, he's a mobile quarterback. He's going to, he's going to, when shit breaks down, he's going to scramble. We all know that Ohio state has not had very good linebackers the last couple of years. Are they going to be able to contain those kind of breakaway plays when shit falls apart? Is he going to scramble out of the pocket and going to be able to pick up 15, 20 every time you think that you think that Ohio state's got him down? I, I don't know. That's what makes, I, I just, I don't think that they win by, I don't think they cut, they cover that 17 and a half in my opinion. I'll just be a contrarian and say they do, but I don't know. Like I said, I do have them winning forty-eight to twenty-four. So their last three, um, their last three, just just for funsies, the last three marquee non-conference home games that Ohio State had, had Oregon last year, they lost. Oklahoma five years ago, they lost. Virginia Tech eight years ago, they lost. Didn't Virginia Tech end up like eight and four that year too? Virginia Tech ended up what? Well, didn't that year of Virginia Tech end up like eight and four anyway? They yeah, still they beat were not. A, State, but they were. They were not. A, they were not a great team. They were not no. a great team. That was that was a that was a JT Barrett stinker game. He threw like two picks, two or three picks. That was. Um, was that the game they won? Wasn't that JT Barrett's first start? His first home well, start. Yeah, yeah, it was his first. Yeah, because then they came back. I guess because that was my freshman year at Kent, and they came back the next week and played Kent State, and they beat the ever living shit out of them because they were pissed off. Fun fact. I'm, yeah, pretty sure that was JT Barrett's actual his his it first was, home was, start yeah, for Ohio first. State. So he got he got better. Um, so in his def- in his defense. <laughs> that that'll do it for us this week. If you're finding us on the website, please also subscribe wherever you get your music and podcasts. Um, you can find us under the Land Grant Holy Land feed so that when we put out new episodes, you'll get notified. Um, starting probably mid-October, we'll jump back to weekly here. Yeah, and you can find our Bucketheads at Bucketheads uh, underscore L. No, it's just Bucketheads LGHL, right? Yeah. Uh, I always want to put the underscore there for some reason. It's just Bucketheads LGHL. We're going to try to maybe do, I don't know, maybe do some spaces or something this year. Just try to get some more people talking. Um, the problem with spaces is I don't really know how to work so uh, we'll do some experimenting with that. And also you want to get some people in. A, in so we'll see. Um, but it'll be cool to maybe do a space. I, I feel like if we we're going to do spaces, though, we'd probably do it to the, the main land grant account. But I don't know. Who knows? So anyway, you can also find me at Justin underscore Golba. Maybe that's why I always want to put the underscore there because there's an underscore in my name. I don't know. Where are you, Connor? If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm Lamans underscore Connor. Thanks for listening. If you stuck through this whole episode, um, real light on content, but we're we're still here. We're still plugging. We ain't going nowhere. Um, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Go Bucks.